What's up, Brie? Welcome back. How are you doing? I am doing fabulous. I'm happy to be here. How are you doing? I am really great. I, I feel like that little break we had was well, well worth it, well deserved, well needed. I feel refreshed, ready to jump right back in things. But um, yeah, what's what what you been doing since your break? Like what 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 you do? Man, it was a beautiful break. I loved every minute of it. Not that I didn't miss doing the podcast, because I did. But mm-hmm. something about that break was just right on time. Right. Um, <clears throat> let's see. I had a birthday, which you yes. know. Yes, you had a birthday. I had my 29th <laughs> birthday. Uh, we did some fun shit. We hung out, and you met my friends and my family. I did. And we went to... um. One of my friend's courses that he runs called Beats and Breathwork out here in Long Beach. His name is Joseph. He has his events on Eventbrite. And I really connected with all of you guys mm-hmm. through that space. It's hosted by a kindred space, which is his company. But Joseph is my friend. So, yes, this is a shameless plug. I mean, go ahead and plug your friend in because it was... It was something new for me, but I felt like it was very on time, very on time for what I needed. And I know in the psychedelics episode, when you were talking about having that throat blockage and, you know, I understood what you meant because I felt like I had a similar blockage, but on feelings. Like Mm. I just, as soon as I want to start talking about feelings, it's like, nope. Stop. There's no mm. way. And heart blockage. Yes. Heart like, blockage. nope, 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 nope. You're not going there. So it was, you know, just from that episode and then experiencing that with you, I felt I was able to put that into words and it was beautiful. And on top of that, the playlist, playlist every song, song, I'm like, I'm trying to get into my feelings, but I'm also like, you know, grooving a little bit. Like, wait. <laughs> wait a minute. It was like pulling me out of it. Cause I'm like, wait, what's this song? Okay. Try to remember this song. So I was really happy that he like, Oh, boo hoo crying. Wait, but this is a banger. Okay. Right. And I was like, <laughs> balance, balance. balance. But, <laughs> but um, I'm so happy that he actually sent us the playlist. So I hope he does many more of these. I cannot wait to tell people about it. Um, Cause I, I feel like this, it was beautiful. And I know a lot of people could really benefit from it. So thank you, Joseph, if you're listening. Thank you so much for that. It was a very Oh, I'm going to be like, you need to listen to this episode. <laughs> you have no, or else you will get cut. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Don't cut him yet. Don't cut him yet. His oh playlist is fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, his playlist was awesome. And I mean, this man is stepping into his power. Yes. And it's just like, I loved how you mentioned, like, we need this. We, us, our yes. people is yes. black on black led. Yes. Right. It's a place where you can go and just be your authentic self and then also receive healing because we deserve help and wellness, too. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we do. So anybody that I see doing the work, that kind of work for us, y'all will have a free slot on this show at any time. And I'm sure yes. Shay can oblige to that, too. Oh, but really? speaking. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, babe. What were we going to Oh, no, I was just saying. Okay. I agree. I agree. That's it. That's all I was saying. That's all I was saying. <laughs> You know, you had spoke of, um, you know, like the whole Black Girls Guide to Psychedelics episode. I did go to another retreat mm-hmm. during my break, too, which was awesome. And a lot of stuff came up about our topic today. Mm-hmm. So I'll get into, like, the retreat and how this relates to what we're talking about. Okay. But also, i just been just focusing. Like, I had a chance to just laser focus on my goals and my dreams and catch up on just rest and my place in this world and, like, not playing it small um, not being afraid of 
my gifts, um, not being afraid of people's perceptions of me. Like I really needed this time to reflect. So I'm in a great space. That's Tell me about what you're doing. Um, I can just say rest. Rest was very much on my mind. Um, just connecting more with Jay, connecting more with my friends. It's been, it's been a really beautiful break. And one thing that kept coming up is mindful complexions. When are you getting back on it? What's going on with this? What, where are you? And I was like, you know what? Okay. I think it's time. So I took um, a week off from my nighttime job and I'm just about to get back in the lab and start creating. So tell me about, <clears throat> I know, but tell the listeners about Mindful Complexions. What is that? So Mindful Complexions me. is my, it was, well, it started off as like a scrub business, but it's more so for uh, overall skin health. So I've created um, exfoliants for your body, um, toner waters for your skin, face wash, all of that. And um, I Obviously, in the name, it is mindful. I use organic ingredients, and I just wanted something that was more natural. So um, it's helped me along the way with my skin journey, and my overall skin is just so much better compared. I, I Listen, girl, I saw a picture of what my skin looked like two years ago to now, and I was shocked. So I am very, very happy to get right back into it. Um, and I will say that you know I took a break because... I was losing that, not necessarily that spark in it, but I was losing the confidence in doing it. Um, I, you know, as I'm creating things and fulfilling orders, I wasn't really taking care of my own skin. So now that I feel like I can have that balance and I can, you know, I, I know more now, I know um, what type of ingredients I want to use. I know like what direction I want to go in. So I'm really, really excited to get back into it. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited for you because I feel like I'm something is coming up. I feel like we talked about your your passion about this in mm -hmm. the oracle reading that we did. Yes, we did. Right, and now to hear you like, okay, this is coming up for me. So the universe is like, bitch, I am right on yes. time. Yes, here's yes. your messages. Yes, get back in the lab. You and you are doing fucking phenomenal work. And the name is just like when you came up with the name years ago, I really feel like you were ahead of your time because mindful. I was harping on this retreat this this time around words. Mm -hmm. Words were just popping up. And I was like, oh, some of these words just have like beautiful meanings. And yeah. <clears throat> mindful is such a beautiful word. Thank and you. I feel like you were like right on time with that. You are ahead of the wave. Mindful now is like a buzzword amongst the spiritual community. Right. And it's like, boom, what a perfect time for you to have this name already set in stone. And people are just kind of meeting you where you were already at. I think that's right. beautiful. And that's just the name alone. We're not even talking about the fucking products and the work that you're doing. Service to others, babe. I'm just, <laughs> I am ready to see you flourish thank you. on this. Thank so you. congratulations. Thank you. And thank you to everyone that's been on my head about get back on it. I'm getting back on it. You hear it now. I have, I've said it on the podcast. I can't go back now. It has to happen. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm really excited for that. 
Um, on top of that, you know, Jay had his birthday. He also had a graduation. So there was a lot of planning that was going on and a lot of monies <clears throat> being spent. So yeah, <laughs> I'm very proud of that man. Uh, but we had a great time. And I just thank you so much for coming out and spending time with us. And you got to meet Ooh. our friends. Yes. Yeah. Can we give them a shout out? Because they're fucking phenomenal. They are. They are phenomenal people. And look, you were all nervous and what? Oh, God, yes. Welcome you with open arms. They couldn't wait to meet you. So stop. I went home and my my dress was damn near disintegrated because I was sweating so hard. I get very nervous about meeting people. And let me just tell y'all, I know they're probably listening. I loved every every single one of them. I cannot wait to like hang out with them again. And I apologize if I was like extremely nervous, but they were so loving, so sweet and so caring. And they just kept saying, they're just like, you know, it's just so crazy to see you in person. Like, you know, you just, <laughs> you know, you have this like layer of mystery because like we don't know what you look like on Instagram. You don't post your face <laughs> and like to meet you in the flesh. It's like, oh, you know, and I was like, it's crazy because even though you're complimenting the podcast, I'm having a hard time receiving this like mm-hmm. people. And it, it's what it makes me nervous about. It, and I'm sure you can relate is like people know all this information about you. And it's like, okay, I can't lead with any bullshit. Like I have right. to, like, <laughs> like, you know, all my shit already, you yeah. know, like I can't really play too coy. Cause it's like, well, girl, I heard you eating out the trash or I heard <laughs> you talking about, you know, some deep spiritual shit that you've gone through. Yeah, And it's like, that's beautiful, but it's also really intimidating because mm-hmm. it's like, I'm walking in and you know all of this about me and I know nothing about you. So I'm trying to figure out my place in your world right because you already have like you have these preconceived you know ideas about who i am and like Mm -hmm. does that make sense it does it does and i did a fucking great job of just being like okay yeah you are awesome on the podcast like we don't care about that we just still want to get to know you like i'm not gonna pretend like i know you i'm not it was just very much like i'm still a blank slate right we're still interested so your friends are amazing. I cannot, like I said, wait to hang out with them again. If they want to adopt me, like I'm open <laughs> for adoption. I could send my paperwork and like my credentials and references because, okay. you know, <laughs> I'm still looking for a home. Like, stop. <laughs> I'm still looking for a home, y'all. No, stop. <laughs> they will be happy to snatch you up. So, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you felt that. Um, it was a beautiful day. I really... Yeah, I really appreciate that. And um the week too. Like I I'm just I'm just so thankful for that break. But now we're here, ready to get right back on it. So, you know, what we've got to do what we got to do. What you drinking? Okay, I've been waiting for this moment. Um <laughs> time to shine. Speaking, time to shine. No, I'm just joking. Uh real shit though. Like just like with mindful complexions, how that came up, the universe was like, stop making yourself small when it comes to this herbalism shit. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm always like, credentials, credentials, I need more, I need more, I need ah. Like, there's people out there doing way more with way less information right. and not trying to take away from what they're doing. So it's like, why can't I just step out on a limb and be like, this is what I'm, my spirit is being called to do? Do it. You know, like, yeah. I'm going to take my teas and herbalism way more seriously this season no more playing around um and with that being said this is actually not my blend Uh, all that to say i didn't make this blend but i bought this beautiful tea from my favorite metaphysical shop called recircle home okay and it's called turn inward and Hmm. i when i hear that think about reflection um i just think about 
this would be a good maybe to journal on, right? Talking about emotions. Mm -hmm. And it says mindfulness in ceremony is what this is for. So I initially bought this tea for my group um, after our retreat to use an integration when we talk about like our journeys and stuff. But in this tea, there is rooibos, tulsi, passion flower, calendula, and lemon verbana. So I love this tea. It's beautiful, flavorful, $12 from Recircle Home. And that is what I'm drinking, babe. What are you drinking? Mm, nice. Well, mine's not that fancy. Um, <laughs> I actually just made a morning smoothie because... I just needed something, something on the healthier side. Uh, yesterday I went to the beach and I was throwing them seltzers back. So this morning I am drinking a kale, strawberry, acai smoothie. That is what I have. Oh, and I feel like, I don't think I'm crazy. Shout out to those plants and fruits for doing <laughs> their work. I'm so serious. Like, I don't think we give enough praise to these little bitty things that are like, I am working for you, right. you know? Um, again, I know I'm going to be talking about like my retreat a lot because it's a big part of my life. But that was another thing that popped up. Like these little things are out here doing the work. Mm -hmm. Fruits and crystals and teas and herbs and water. You know, those are all things that are like, how can I service you? Right. You know, so shout out to that smoothie. That is very luxurious. That is fancy. We claiming that. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I have these uh, strawberries in my freezer that are like, uh, you going to blend me? What you going to do with me? Because we just exactly. sitting here. We're just chilling. So, Let uh, me do my job. Yes. Yeah, so I'm trying to get back on it. I'm, I'm trying to get to a point where I have a, a morning smoothie every morning. And um, I've been cutting back on the alcohol intake well, I've been trying to cut back on the alcohol intake. So what I'm drinking, what I'm trying to substitute is the seltzers now. Like, you know, I, you know, do say is my drink, but I'm trying to cut back on that, <laughs> trying to cut back on the hard liquor. So uh, slowly but surely, I'm, I'm hoping to actually move away. Um, so for now, we're going to have a morning smoothie and my tea. So next time we meet, I'm going to have some tea for you because I feel like I haven't had like a nice cup of tea in a long time. And if you want to send that over to me or you have a special blend... Yeah, I would love to sample it. Okay, let me do that because anytime someone, this is my thing. Anytime someone asks me about tea or I want some tea, the answer is always going to be yes because mm -hmm. the more practice makes perfect. So I would love to make a blend specifically for you. Nice. For maybe two. Like you can tell me what your intentions are, when you like to drink tea, what's the occasion? Is it for sleep? Is it for podcasting? Is it for work? Is it for energy? If you could text me those two things, two items and then I'll make you two blends based off of that. Oh, absolutely. And then yeah, you can get back to me. It doesn't have to absolutely. be on the podcast. Absolutely. But <laughs> I sure will. You said nothing. You didn't say nothing but a word. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't gotta make it and I have to tell oh please here. I'll get that to you right as soon as we're done. Thank okay. you. Okay. Uh but let's uh you know I mean if if you're done with your drinks I feel like we can get right into this uh our little segment. Let's do it. This is your segment. Where we ah! okay? So this is called cringe tea, where we talk about some of the cringiest experiences we've had in life. So I'm gonna start with you. Oh gosh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> What's one of the cringiest things you've done to fit in? Oh, to fit in. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, to fit in. 
Okay. Damn, I, I had a whole other story planned. So, <laughs> I mean, give that. I mean, I can answer this. I can answer this. And if you okay. have a story. <laughs> okay, yeah, because I didn't know there was a fit in part because I was like, what am I going to say? So mm. I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna skip that if that's okay with you. Yeah, I don't. I, there's not one that's like popping up. Oh, I and got one, one that is popping up <laughs> for me. For me, no. Oh shit! I was like, tell me, where was it? No, no, no please, no, no, no. Okay, <laughs> girl, that was gonna haunt me in my dreams. I just knew it. You were like, You've girl, noticed? I got one for you. Oh lord, no, no, no. <laughs> Go ahead, tell me, tell me. No, I have one that I think would work, but you know what? This season, season two, I am working on limiting. The people that I talk about. I'm going to say that now. Episode one. Season okay. two. There's some stories that are going to get motherfucking chopped. Because <laughs> there's no more airtime for certain people. I'm done. It's not happening anymore. Yeah. Enough of my time was in season one. That is it. So I will I will forbade or forego <laughs> any stories um, for the sake of that. But <clears throat> what I was going to say is this story came up for me and my friends last weekend. And we were talking about like foods that just were too damn good for no Mm -hmm. reason that you Mm -hmm. had to like, we're breaking up. And do you remember, (laughs) you ever had any food that was so good? You're like, I cannot eat this anymore. No, I want to eat it every moment I can. (laughs) What are you talking about? No. Okay. (laughs) The first one, I was probably like eight years old. Please tell me you remember those cream savers, the strawberry cream ones by Warther's. They're kind Okay. So they're like Tussie Rolls. No, oh no 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 no! I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, you yes, know, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so it's like a swirl, but yes. it's a little circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were pink and white. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, whenever they released them, they had me in a choke hold. I was streamlining right to diabetes at like eight years old because I couldn't stop. Right. So on the back of, um, and if y'all had this moment, because I feel like it wasn't just me that was addicted to these candies, they stopped making them probably because people were calling in saying stop making these because I can't stop eating them. Um, they had a little, a little number on the back and it said questions or comments, call this whatever 800 number. So I called and I, like eight years old, called the comment line summer of like 2000 and fucking maybe two. And I was like, Hey man, I just had to tell you guys, like whatever you're doing in that factory, keep on doing it because <laughs> these are too damn good. And the lady who was on the phone with me, she laughed. She couldn't even get any words out. Like she literally laughed for like five minutes straight. And I just kept going because I didn't understand my uh, my child mind was not understanding. Like this woman is getting paid to listen to me rant about how addicting these candies are and I was just saying things like I can't stop eating them and I asked my grandma to take me to the store every day so I could get them and I was just giving her this full addiction story to these candies and she ended up saying thank you so much for calling you made my day but um that keeps me up at night sometimes (laughs) that my fat ass had nothing else better to do than to call the Warther comment line to rant about my favorite candy I wonder if they ever put you in something like, uh, like, like there's some promo out there that they've quoted you on and that you did not get paid for. <laughs> like, oh my God. I never thought about that. I may imagine I was in the orientation video. Oh or my, yes. Girl, they just snatched that. Oh no. Yeah. There's some money you missed out on. That was some grade eight. 
You're crazy. Yes. You should see if they have a another comment line that you can call and see. <laughs> hey, I just wanted to know: was there any promo used back in from the from the year two thousand to two thousand ten? <laughs> um, with a young woman talking about how addicting these candies were. Literally. Cringy. Oh my gosh. Um, I love that. I love that. I thought you were going to say, because I know you have an obsession with hot foods. I thought you were about to say like there was something that you had to take away, but not no damn worth. Okay. <laughs> strawberry and cream. Oh, okay. Y'all send, send Bree some strawberry and cream worthers. Let me, let's, let's put her to the test. Let's see if she really stopped. <laughs> no, sir. I think they stopped. I cannot find them. I'm sure I could find a bag on eBay, like, un, un, like a sealed bag, but yeah, if they brought them bitches back, I would literally have a candy dish in my house. You know, like I would be catapulted into senior citizen mode and like no. now we have a candy dish. I would pulling be pulling like, them out of your can no, you have to pull them out your bag. Like that's how you know you stepped into your grandma phase. Those say, here, baby, take this, take this little piece of candy. Here you go. Here, baby. Your breath is humming a little bit. Here, take this. Little tips. Oh, yes. thank you for pushing my cart away. Here you go. Yeah, here you go. Here's, here's two for you. <laughs> oh, and give one to your sister. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> That's some old people shit right there. That is. Wow. Oh. I have I have messages for somebody after I hang up with you because someone <laughs> literally said, I am two, I'm two years away from having Warthers in my pocket at all oh, times. Gosh. Gosh. All time. And a little strawberry candy too. Like if you got those two. Oh God. Oh, you're 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 decrepit at that listen, point. Listen. You're listen. <laughs> bro, you are so close to death at that point. I'm no shade to anyone's grandma. <laughs> that was so morbid. That, that was, was so- <laughs> no, you're so close to death. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. That was so morbid. <laughs> that was I'm so sorry. Cause somebody feel like my grandmother has those right now. I am not, I am not, I am not calling out any illness. Excuse me for that. Oh but my shit. God. I- <laughs> Okay, stop. They're going to cancel this podcast. Move on. Oh, my please. God. Please, nobody's grandma drop dead because you're going to blame <laughs> it right on Brie. Oh, my God. No, I can't have that. <sighs> I returned that back to wherever it came from. That did not come from my mouth. I apologize. But moving on, what's your cringe story? Uh, okay. <clears throat> when I was a junior in high school... Um, I was living with my brother on the military base. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still laughing about that. I'm so sad. It's okay. <laughs> okay. It's okay. Military base. Military base. It's on the military base. Um, but we went to school like outside of the military base. So we went to like the high school that was in the area. Um, and I was new. I didn't have any friends. And so this year uh, I met two girls. They were so cool. And I just wanted to fit in with them. They started smoking. Well, they didn't start. They were already smoking. So I pretended. Marijuana or? We- no, no, no. Cigarettes. Oh, started smoking. God. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. So they started smoking or they were already smoking cigarettes. And I pretended to have a nicotine addiction. And I was like, yeah, you know, my brother, he put me on these nicotine patches because he caught me smoking all the time. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. <laughs> the 
bitch, I couldn't even hold a cigarette right. Like, I know they weren't <laughs> believing me. <laughs> How were you holding the cigarette? Can you show me? <laughs> like this. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you look like you're about to finger somebody. Thank I wouldn't have believed shit that came out your mouth. I'm telling you that right no, now. I, it was not believable, right? And then I remember one day coming home and I smelled like cigarettes. And I created this whole story about my friend's father cheating, cheating on, cheating on the mother with like one of our other friend's sister. It was so bad. I was like, no, I was in the car and that wasn't me. And it was, it was bad. Like it just what? was not believable. Yes. Yes, girl. Does that keep you up at night? Hell yeah, because why am I pretending to be a fucking nicotine addict to fit in with some people? Yes. Yes, it keeps me up. Like, why did I, I didn't have, and it's not like they, they weren't the type to be like, you know, you had to do this. You had to fit in. But I just, I didn't want to not, I have this thing with not knowing and I hate not knowing shit. And I'm, you know, if I don't fit in, I'm like, I feel awkward. So I want to relate to you some way, somehow. So this is my way of relating to you. It was some bullshit. Very um, cringy. I don't know why I literally um, pictured you. I'm trying to figure out what this dude's name was from the show. It was Rocco's Modern Life. And it was Winslow. Was it Winslow? Who lived in the little wall hole, the little rat. Was his name Winslow or was, was that? Winslow? What was his name? Oh my God. Because I feel like there was, did he smoke cigarettes? I think did he, so. Did he smoke I cigarettes? I think so. I need to know what was but his name. But not you comparing me to this little rat. No, 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 no. I'm just saying I envision him. <laughs> I envision him smoking cigarettes like with his legs crossed leaning up against the wall somewhere. And he's like, Mr. Cool Guy. Like, I don't know why I feel like you showed up in a leather jacket and was like, yeah, I'm a bad girl. You know, I, I smoke cigarettes. Look at my nicotine patch. Yes, his name. Wait, 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 wait. Was it was Winslow? It? No, that. Are you talking about from Cat Dog? Was it Cat Dog? I think you're right. Somebody Winslow lived in a T. hole. Odd fellow from Cat Dog. That was from Winslow. Cat Dog. Okay, let me see. Did he smoke cigarettes? I don't know. I feel like he smoked cigarettes, and I. Okay, yes. Okay, it says him smoking. I don't. I don't know if they removed it, but somebody smoked cigarettes. I don't know who it was. I feel like he was a jerk, and I feel like he didn't like. He was very ornery, and he was kind <laughs> of like, "Look, man, I'm trying to watch TV in here. You know, like let me smoke my cigarette and whatever." Anyways, that's what I imagine. <laughs> uh, oh my god um yeah i can't say your imagination is off but i definitely tried to do the most and um yeah this will be the last time i ever talk about that situation because i don't try to smoke to fit in now girl and look now you got a beautiful you got a beautiful flock of friends you don't have to you don't have to smoke to sit to fit in <laughs> and i don't have to uh lie about some infidelity to cover up my tracks <laughs> horrible at it i'm a horrible liar but um yes it was that i'm so sorry uh still if you're listening to this i'm so sorry i lied um yeah okay well yes cringe tea this one is gonna be a hard one for me because i feel like i'm just gonna be bringing up some shit that i'm like ah yes yes but Yes. I'm here for it. I feel like this is healing. This oh. is healing. Like if I talk about it, then I never have to talk about it again. At least that's the hope. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, there's someone's gonna be like, dude, man, I listened to that episode and like, wow, that cringe tea you did. <laughs> ah, I wouldn't have done that one. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't be me. Oh, you better yeah. than I am. Like, oh, I hate that. <laughs> Just shut up. Just right. shut up. Wait, you better than me is such a diss. It's so it's such bad. a diss. It's like, bitch, you're stupid. That's what it's saying. That's oh, what you're oh, saying. That's exactly what it's saying. Like. Mm-mm. Okay. No, there. It's like you and Boo Boo the fool. Like, yeah. I don't know who's who. Who's who? Like, who's how who? dumb do you have to be? I can never be that dumb. I can never be that dumb. Oh, you but, better than me, girl. Yeah. Like, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> you needed some shit to work out because. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. if y'all listening and y'all say, "Oh, you better than me, girl," take this as a mindful reflection of maybe that's not the thing we want to say. Maybe that's not. Maybe not that. Okay. I feel like sometimes it just slips out. It's just like, I didn't mean to say that, but that's what was on my mind. So my bad for calling you stupid. My bad. Really? (laughs) I honestly think I just said that this week too. You better than me. (laughs) Not you talking shit and it's you. You the bitch we talking about, man. Rude I think ass. I just said that. I'm sorry. I I, I apologize. I'm I'm not going to say that anymore. At least I'm going to try to not say that anymore. (laughs) All right. Well, growth. Um, Very What are we talking about today? Ooh, we are talking about daddy lessons. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like the energy changed. Yeah. Yes. We're talking about daddy lessons. Uh, Father's Day is coming up, right? In just a week from when this episode will be released. And I feel like it's a great, important topic um, to talk about those father father lessons, right? So Mm -hmm. let's start the show. Let's start the show. I'm Bree. And I'm Shalika. And we are two long-term friends who get together once a week to chat over coffee or tea. Join us as we talk about all things black, white, and in between with With Cafe Confessions. Okay, we are back. And yes, Bree, I'm just going to pass it on to you. What's your first question? Okay, my first question is, what is your perspective on what it means to be a father? What it means to be a father, I would say my idea of a father is someone that's head of the household. Um, This is the person that is the protector, the provider, the person that is leading by example. And when I say leading by example, I mean, to be a father, you have to be all around. That means treating your wife, treating your kids, treating your other family with respect. Um, someone that is stern, but also soft and, you know, gatekeeper to the answers, uh, boogeyman slayer, that sort of thing. That is my idea of mm. a father. I love that boogeyman slayer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no, I completely agree with you. Like I have on my notes, I have the standard roles, like what the expectations of a father is to society, which is mm-hmm. exactly what you said. The protector, the provider and the disciplinarian. Yes. Right. Um. And I, I was like, yes, you know what? This is absolutely true. But then I was like, but also within all of that as well, I generally see fathers not being able to like express this part of themselves. But you guys are there to teach the opposite sex, in my opinion, about what nurturing looks like from a different absolutely. perspective, right? Absolutely. Like, 
as a, a man to a, a woman or future woman, and then as a man to a young man who's growing up, how mm-hmm. to be vulnerable, how to be encouraging, how to be accountable, respectable. Yeah. Um, and then just <clears throat> teaching, like I said, the, the same sex, how to embody these characteristics as a man that's growing up. So on top of the three standard ones, I did want to add that because I feel like men get caught up in this fatherhood role of like, I'm only supposed to be the protector, the provider, the disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no room for me to have flow or um, I don't want to say flow, but they they kind of stray away from like the feminine aspect. And mm-hmm. they're like, well, that's the mother. The mother should be the one to encourage creativity or, you know, self-expression or show emotions. But the father can do that as well. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. We definitely, we definitely put, you know, gender roles into play. Um, The mother is supposed to do this. The father is supposed to do this. No, when reality, we're both supposed to be doing this. We're both the teachers. So I completely agree with you. Uh, What was your relationship like with your father when you were a child? Mm, Wow. My relationship with my father was very difficult. Um, Mm. My father was not really available Mm. um he was in jail in and out of jail for a long time he had certain stints stints that were like four years and then since that went up to like 12 years so very absent yeah but also like trying to reflect on like when he was home and um and here outside of prison he was still really unavailable Um, Mm. I felt like my dad was just really in the streets, really involved in like being out, going to the club, like hanging out with friends. I just didn't really see me being a priority to him. Mm. Okay. But yeah, I mean, we're, we'll talk about how this shifted, but what about you? What was your relationship like? My, at one point, my father was very, very loving towards me. Uh, very soft with me. He never, never raised a hand towards me, never even yelled at me. Um, so to me, he was, to me, he was a great father. He, he was also in and out of jail. So I think, you know, those moments that he wasn't there and when he was, he was trying to make up for that. So maybe that was also why, you know, he was just so loving or maybe that's just how he was, but he, I didn't have that experience with him though. He was in and out of my life. Um, but I also had, where I didn't have my father, I had my brothers. So I, it wasn't like I ever had, or I didn't have a male figure in the house. But um, yeah, but um, what was the relationship like between your father and your mother? Um, difficult. Mm-hmm. I, excuse me, let me calm my brain down. I don't know what my mom's perspective of my father was. And I don't know what my dad's perspective of my mom was. Um. Because even though I heard from their them from uh, the opinions of the others, like I didn't see their relationship together. They oh, weren't. Okay. They never were in the same room often. <clears throat> okay. So I didn't have. I couldn't formulate my own opinion. Does that make Got sense? It. They about, weren't in a relationship when no. Okay. No, my mom and my dad. I think dated for like a year, maybe, and then she had got pregnant with me like in six months of being together. So by the time I was born, they were already broken up. Oh, okay. Got it. I didn't know that relationship at all. Um, but it wasn't good. Like their relationship was difficult. Um, mm-hmm. It was a lot of like, he say, she say. 
And like, I was this like liaison between two people who could not see eye to eye. Mm. That was very difficult. What about you? Um, so my, and when I say my father, I mean my stepfather, this is not my biological father, but this is the only father that I've known. Um, it was very toxic. They were married. My, my mother and my father were married. Um, and he was abusive. He was manipulative. He cheated often. And he also struggled with alcohol. So on one hand, it's like, oh yes, I have this great father who's so loving towards me, but you're not loving towards my mother. And he caused my mother and my family a great deal of pain. My brothers could not stand him. My brothers could not stand him. My aunts and grandparents could not stand him. They tolerated him um, because he was married to my mother, but mm-hmm. did not like him at all. And yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I plan to talk about it some more, but it's kind of difficult. It's like, you know, I was a kid when all of this was happening. Um there was a point where I did see my mother with a black eye. And there was a point where I also had this man showering me in gifts and doing things with me that fathers and daughters usually do. So it's hard. It's hard to, at the time, it was hard to be like, you're this evil man to her, but not to me and be accepting of that. So Mm. we'll definitely Mm. talk about it. But uh, what was the household dynamic like? Um, well, you know, growing up with a single mom, yeah. Um, I'm I'm the first child on both sides of my mom and my dad, mm-hmm. so I feel like first children. My mom had me when she was twenty. Um, I'm mm-hmm. twenty nine, and I'm still afraid to have children. So I can't mm-hmm. imagine having children nine years ago. Like right. that's woo, crazy, right? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> so you know, giving my mom like a lot of grace, but she was really young when she had me, she had a lot of life to still figure out and she struggled a lot. Like we, my relationship that I had with my mom and my lifestyle is not the same as my sister right now, who's 12 years old. Like we got two different moms, Mm -hmm. two different, you know, Mm -hmm. I was struggling with my mom. Um, and not to like bash my mom or anything. Like I love her to pieces, but we weren't all the way there. There was times where, you know, we didn't have, a lot of the, the necessities. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a single mom. My dad wasn't there to help her. Right. So that was very hard growing up like that. Um, wow. You know, like I can, I commend my mom for taking the strides that she did, but mm-hmm. definitely felt the need for a father in my life. What about you? Um, I would say the same. Like I told you, my father was in and out of jail. I don't think there was a few years that went by that he was not in jail. Uh, but I did have my brothers in the household. Um, and I would say for the most part, you know, same as you, my mother, the mother that I received, the mother that I had for a certain point in my life was different than what my brothers had. Um, so, you know, I told you in the last episode, that was my everything because that's how she treated me. She, she showered me in love. I didn't know struggle. I didn't know if, if she was struggling. I didn't know if my father not being there was, you know, a burden financially. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's also because we just had a great, you know, a great support system. We had people helping out. We had my brothers who were in the household where if she was at work, my brothers were there. I, I could say that they had a hand in raising me. So mm-hmm. that the dynamic of not having him 
well, I would just say with having him, it just felt awkward having him there because when he was there, my brothers tended to stay away. Cause like mm. I said, they just did not get along. Um, my oldest brother was a little bit more accepting of him than my second oldest brother. Um, he, I could say he hated him. <laughs> he literally oh, wow. hated him. Um, and I mean, rightfully so. If you see this man that's abusing and using your mother, like you're not going to be okay with it. Um, so he would stay away when, once he got old enough. And once, you know, if my father was in jail, he would come back. He would live with us at times. Um and if, if my father wasn't in jail, maybe he was living with someone else. But I would like to think that if he wasn't visiting me and my sister, um, then he was locked up. I feel like that's, it's unfortunate because you in this situation are my younger sister, mm. right? Like okay. I would be the older brothers where it's like, oh, you know, yeah. like I just have a different perspective. I've just seen a lot more. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like the baby who's like, okay, Bell you've already from everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they did no. that. <laughs> and then on top of that, but it's like also a blessing within a curse because yeah, oh, you yeah. have all these protectors and all these people, but you're constantly probably reminded of like, well, we didn't get that, you know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. My, my oldest brother would remind me all the time, especially when my mother was alive, like my oldest brothers, I should say, they would always, you know, just tell me like, you know, this is, you you had a different life. Like this isn't what we're used to. So, and I think because of that, they wanted to protect me, but I don't realize, I don't know if they realize they did more damage than good by trying Mm -hmm. to protect me from things. Like I get it. I was young, but don't have me go into the world with this blind eye. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I mean, you're just, you're hurting me more. And if you were just honest with me, maybe it would have been a little bit easier to understand. Um, I don't know. I um, I don't know. I know we'll get into it some more, but <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, given this information, right, like that you just stated, moving into the next question, has the relationship with, you know, your father or male figures shaped, and this is a layered question, mm-hmm. your personality, your expectations from other men, this is including your brothers, um, how you feel about your femininity and what your standards are? Um, I would say yes and no. I would okay. say I learned male behaviors from my brothers and my father. But it was my mother's acceptance of these behaviors that set the expectations for me, that really set the tone for, you know, my own personality, my own femininity. Like, that was hard. I had, you know, at one point, from what I can remember, I had a brother that was, sorry, excuse me. I had a brother that was the relationship type. I also had a brother that was the player type. I remember, I think I was in sixth grade and I was two situations. Actually, this girl I was in class with was asking me, oh, do you know this guy named whatever? I'm like, no, I don't know who you're talking about. Come to find out my brother is dating her sister, but gave the sister a different name. So I learned to go along with the bullshit. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know him. Mm-hmm. And that same brother, I remember we were in the car once and he was talking to this girl. He was, I don't, I don't remember exactly what he was saying, but he covered the phone and was like, oh, don't ever let a man talk to you like this. And 
but you're the example. How are you telling me not to let a man do this, but you're doing this and you're doing it in front of me? Ooh, yep. So for me, it's like having that example, I expected men to behave a certain way. I, it was normalized. I expected men to have these ulterior motives because that's all I was shown. I didn't see women being loved properly. My mother was not loved properly by any man ever in her life. Her father mistreated her. Her first love had a baby on her with her best friend. And Mm -hmm. my father was similar to her father in many, many ways. So I didn't see women or I didn't see men being soft with women. And I didn't see that either. Like I saw women making it happen. I saw women, I got kids to raise. I got kids to feed. I don't have time to be loved. And that's not saying that they didn't want it, but it's not something that they were receiving. So they're not going to sit back and just wait on it. They got to make moves. And that's what I learned. Like that's what shaped me. So for me now, it's hard tapping into that. It's hard trying to be feminine with someone. It's hard trying to just let your guard down and let someone love you. Cause it's like, well, how long is this going to last until you start acting just like them? Mm-hmm. I know that was a lot, but yeah. I'll turn it back on me. No, I'll turn I mean, it back on you. <laughs> this is a hard question. And yeah, yeah it's going to absolutely sound like um, I have some anger or animosity. I absolutely don't. I want to, I want to lead with that. I'm not mad at my dad. Um, I'm just relating my experience, but mm-hmm. I a hundred percent relate to you on this duality of like, I love you. So I'm giving you some, some in backwards game of mm-hmm. like this is what I'm gonna do but like don't ever let a man do this mm-hmm. to you. right mm-hmm. but it's like okay but how many other men are like I know what I'm supposed to be doing but I re- refuse to do that to women out in the regular world who maybe like you or me I didn't have a dad to really show me all this stuff like I, I did <laughs> but not really and then like my brothers are younger than me so I kind of developed a little bit faster my dad was absolutely that kind of man. Um, I would see how he talked to women. I would see how he treated women, even his wife, my mother, my brother's moms. Um, every woman that he really came across was like a possible come up, mm-hmm. a possible uh, way to like manipulate their mind. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of picked up on that very early on. And I sure did build a lot of animosity for him because you're not realizing I'm a woman, even if I'm eight years old or 11, right? I'm still a person who's going to become a woman one Mm -hmm. one day and I'm observing and I'm watching everything Mm -hmm. right that you're doing. And like this led to some serious issues in me and my father's relationship, which I'll bring up, but my femininity was completely deteriorated because I felt like I always have to be on guard Right. All the time. I can't trust you. Right. I can't expect anything from you. I'm. Uh, it's always a game. It's always something that I'm like, oop, vigilant. Mm-hmm. Right. And like that was so I've talked about this before, but man, I was hard to really deal with. Like it almost came off as a hatred to men. Mm. Like I was so upset with my dad that like I was like, I'm never going to let a man play with me. But I was yeah. difficult. I'm going to play you before you could play me. 
or I'm going to self-sabotage this relationship mm-hmm. or I'm mm-hmm. going to leave with anger, right? And we'll talk about like how this affects our relationships and um, everything. But my standards too were fucked up. My standards were, this is what my dad is. This is the man that I see. This is the man that I need to get with so that I could change. If I could heal you, then I could heal my dad, mm-hmm. right? If I could conquer you, then I could conquer my father. Mm-hmm. Like, and it sounds really crazy, but your father is technically your first love. I truly believe that. Yeah. Like the man, the male figure in your life is going to be your first love. Same yes. thing for men and their moms, right? Um, you have that role of showing your daughters or your sons what it's like to be a good partner and what it's like to look, what it's like to look for in a partner. And right. um, my dad screwed that up for me. And I, it took me a long time to balance back out. And if he is listening to this, I'm not again. I'm just restating my perception. We'll get into other stuff later on. I just want to let you know that you are right on it. Like what you, we'll talk about it, but how do you perceive men treating women without fathers or positive uh, male figures in their life? This question right here, it always reminds me of the pimping episode we did. Yes. Right. Uh, yes. 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 Mm-hmm. I tr- and I it could be where I grew up in my experience with men, but I always felt me being fatherless. There was something there that certain men picked up on. Yep. I don't know what it is. Like a snip. I'm not. A, it, it was just. It was like yeah. Like ooh, fatherless. Like. <laughs> we got one Bing! like something about it reel it in right yep. like mm-hmm. alarm bells okay mm-hmm. remember in um fucking come on brie come on brie tapping into the blackness tapping into the blackness the players club yeah. where the green light went on and i was like it's money up in here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm like something happens to men like we have a fatherless daughter <laughs> Low self-esteem. <laughs> Reel it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel mm-hmm. like it was always like men would treat me like, oh, you need guidance, you yes. know, whether that's even positive or negative. Cause it could yeah. be both. Men could be like, you need guidance. And I truly want to maybe lead you. Men have led me to the church, you know, but men have also tried to lead me into sex work mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, lacking confidence. I did not have a fucking ounce of confidence at all i was extremely insecure i was untrusting and i was hardened and my harding when i say i'm hardened like i was just not able to be soft and just comfortable i just felt like i I had to have my own back because i don't have a dad that's going to come down here and put these men in their place Mm -hmm. so it's like i gotta make sure i'm i gotta have my you know like that's just traumatizing Mm -hmm. um what about you I would say I agree. <laughs> Girl, I agree with you. I do feel like it's something that they can see. And I know earlier you were saying like they either try to lead you to sex work or the church, but and that is not this is not to say anything about the church, but sometimes the men be trying to lead you that way so they can control you as well. And okay. when you like you said, like I don't have someone that's gonna come here and ride for me. I have to be the one. I have to be the the discernment. I have to be the judgment of this uh, character. It's 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 really stressful. It's really stressful because it's like no one is going to have my back like I have my back, and I don't trust you. I don't trust you that you have, you know. I don't trust that you have good intentions, and I feel like 
me not having a father, me, you know, being a little bit, what is it? Uh, what's the word? Cautious, not cautious, but it's similar to cautious, but me being very cautious with you, you, you try to weasel your way in and like, okay, well, let me try and prove to you, or let me try and win you over. So, you know, that I'm trustworthy. And once I got you, I got you. Like, Mm -hmm. I think there's something in women that do have these positive male figures in their life. It's like, they have a certain standard. No, you're not going to try and sleep with me on the first date. No, you're not going to not court me because what is that? No, I'm not going to be so available to you. You know? Hell yeah. I mean, and I'm sorry. I don't want to no, go. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I have seen this firsthand because right. my younger sister, she's literally turning 12 in August. She's had her father, my mom and my stepdad are married. So that's all she knows is a father in the home present with her. Mm-hmm. And you know, her man, shout out to him, whoever that man is, whenever that time comes, oh yeah, he's going to be on the ball. Like, she's not going to allow him to treat her any old kind of way. Like, that's just not going to happen. She has standards. She's yeah. very aware of how men are in the world. Like I said, every time she comes over here, I try to role model for her what it means to be a woman in a relationship with a man. Mm-hmm. Um and my boyfriend is extremely respectful of how he perceive how he's being perceived mm-hmm. because she's impressionable. Yeah. Um, we don't do certain things. We don't, he's not going to talk to me any old kind of way, especially when she's over here. It's just a very much. So like we are on, we are on 10 right now because right. my sister's watching. Right. And she will always say, Sadell is such a gentleman. Oh, I just love mm. how he, you know, takes out the trash. I love how he opens the door for you. I love how he moves the car and comes and picks us up. We don't setting have to that walk. Standard. Setting that standard. And it's mm-hmm. like, she's, even for her to tune in to that, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you my, to my stepdad for giving her that space. Because when I was a kid, I wasn't picking up on none of that shit. Right. That shit did not even exist in my realm. I wasn't right. thinking about a man opening up doors for me. I was thinking about other bullshit. So I see that influence of how important fatherhood is. So, oh, yeah. okay. But no, I, I have no. <laughs> Wait, let me, let me tell you this because it's like a checklist and it's on both ends. Like when women, when young girls, when they're like these, pel- these um, positive figures in their lives, when they're setting the standard, they give them a checklist but just like they're giving women a checklist, these men have a checklist too. Okay, is she expecting this of me? Is she expecting more? Is she going to allow me to do this? Oh, she's not. Once you pass this checklist, then I'll start treating you this certain way. Like I know that I have to treat you better. If you don't pass this checklist, oh, I can just run all over you. I don't have to respect Ooh. you. So that's, that's. Wow. I, I had a friend tell me, um, there's three, there's three different type of girls. Is she going to be a TGI Friday's date? Is she going to be, <laughs> is she going to be a Fleming's date or is she going to be, uh, something else? Oh no, it was McDonald's, a TGI Friday's or a Fleming's date. Mm. Oh my God. You Wow. <laughs> no, this seriously. Is how, this is how these men will put you in these categories they'll they'll, they know where to place you and Mm -hmm. it's all up to you 
and it's I don't want to put that that full blame on you, but it's also what you have allowed, what you have seen, what you have witnessed, what's normal to you, what's not normal to you. And these men know. So go ahead. Oh, and go. we talked about cringe. <laughs> we talked about cringe tea today. Now yes. I'm cringing because how many times was I a McDonald's date? I mean, I've never technically had a McDonald's date, but on that realm of mm-hmm. like just come over and chill. That's let's watch that's, Netflix. That's, that's McDonald's. Mm-hmm. That's a McDonald's day, babe. I don't don't be sitting up here. Uh, I ain't never been. No, babe. That's McDonald's day. Mm-hmm. Like we, we mm-hmm. if you if a man has ever asked you to come over at Netflix and chill, McDonald's day. You know, and the TGIF Fridays. Like, okay, yeah, we're a step above, but come on now, like it's put some that. effort in. Mm-hmm. It's not right. Like, give me some good nourishing food. That's happy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, and. Every man that I've been with before my current boyfriend, I was never above TJF Fridays. Like the, it just was mm. never that. I never got to the Flemings portion, mm. and my expectations were so down to the fucking ground that the littlest things that Sadell would do would be like, <gasps> yeah. you know, like I'm about to jump mm-hmm. out of my skin. Like mm-hmm. I can't believe it. And it's like I'm grateful that I stumbled across my person yes. so early, but also like if I was still leading with this information at 29 mm-hmm. and just letting men do whatever, say whatever, have their way. I would be in turmoil yes. right now. And yeah, dads need to do better, but I want to move on. So speaking of this topic, what have your experiences with men taught you about your father and what have experiences with your father taught you about men? This one, this was a really hard question for me to answer because me too. I, I feel like what have my experiences with my, with men taught me about my father? I didn't know how to answer that because I, I feel like it was more so like my brother, like my experiences with my brothers taught me what I needed to know about men. And that's, they will lie to get what they want out of you. Um, and my experiences with my father, honestly, I don't know if you remember this, uh, but when we were working together, I remember we were at our desk one day and you were just saying, you know, we date our fathers. And for me, that that changed something in me. Like, Ooh. it really, it put a lot of things in perspective for me. And it wasn't just that we date our fathers. We date the men that we look up to. And I I just like, I stopped and I was like, I'm not going to just be available to people anymore. I think that I have this on lock. I think that I'm playing these men. I think that I have the upper hand, but I, I didn't have the upper hand. I was allowing these people to use and abuse me. And in my head, I never saw myself as a wife. I always saw myself as maybe I would adopt or maybe I would have a kid, but I also never saw myself as someone's baby mother. So I feel like if I were to go out and have a kid, like I would do the whole process on my own. Like I wouldn't even want to know the father because Mm -hmm. in my head, I always saw myself raising my kid, how I wanted to raise my kid with no male figure involved because I was not trusting of men. I, I, could not let go of what happened to me by the hands of my father. I couldn't let go of what I saw my brothers doing. I could not let go of what I saw my father doing to my mother. And I didn't want that for my kid. I wanted to protect them. 
I didn't want this negative male influence to harm them in any way, like it did me. So I don't know. This question was really hard because I felt like, yeah, I learned I, what I learned from my brothers and my father was to not be trusting and that men aren't shit and they never will be. And I, I can't put past anyone, anything past anyone, because you don't know a person, you don't know their thoughts until they act on it. Mm. So what about mm. you? No, this is, um, this is deep because I don't know why the fuck I asked this question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I've been debating on this too, like since we did our outline and I was like, okay, like why did I ask that? And I feel like it's significant that it popped up. So I'm going to say, yes, I do recall saying that we date our fathers because I actively pursued men in that realm. Mm -hmm. I actively, literally, and it it was almost an illness. Like, oh, you know, think down to like, you know, you have hands like my father. You carry yourself like my father. Like you remind me so much of my dad. I'm so attracted to you because I know what I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get the same. It's going to validate the same experience that I have been having with my dad because that's what love is to me. Mm-hmm. I need someone who's going to use and abuse me to validate that I'm not shit. Like, and it was a cycle. It was a mental illness, seriously. And, um, Every man that I did, it was an echo chamber of my father. So I got exactly what the fuck I expected. Yeah. And it taught me that now as an adult and looking back, a lot of these men that are similar to my father are just afraid. Mm. And that fear is like number one thing for me popping up. And what really did it for me is I've been debating on my relationship with my dad for the last month. Father's Day's coming up and I'm like, you know what? Am I ready to take a stepping stone into building a relationship with him? Mm. Right? Um, and maybe just starting off small, maybe sending him a gift in the mail for Father's Day, maybe not really communicating, but just starting these little stepping stones, these little ladders, meditating on that. Mm-hmm. Went to my psychedelic retreat this last weekend and I felt like I was going to have a challenging trip. I knew it in my gut. I was like, something's going to come up. And nothing came up for the first like four hours. I was like vibing. Everything was great. But a challenge presented itself in the form of another participant there. Mm -mm. And this man, immediately when I saw him, he reminded me of my dad. He carried himself like my father. My flight or flight was triggered. I was like, okay, I'm going (laughs) to keep my distance. Yeah. Because I just, I know what I'm going to get from this. So I'm going to stay away. But the medicine had his motherfucking work. It was like, uh uh-uh. Y'all are in this space together for this reason. And he showed up as my dad and he had some really tough opinions. Um, He was very, you know, precise on how he moved in the world and he didn't care about anyone's opinion about it. And it was kind of how my dad was. And I had a lesson to be learned there that however he decides to move in the world speaking to my father that's his perception of life his business yeah even though i could see the paper thin walls of like you're in pain you're suffering you're afraid and all these things that you're doing as a modality to hurt people are really because you're hurting so terribly bad inside that you don't know how else to do anything right without leading with that pain, without leading with that scarcity, right? And not coming from a place of abundance, but just like survival. Yeah. And um, 
that reaffirmed the men that I was dating. Same shit. Yeah. Every man was afraid of just life, afraid, terrified. Mm -hmm. And it made me realize that men have the space to be vulnerable, to be scared. But as a black man, how do we, how do they navigate through that? How can a black man be vulnerable? Right. So even though this man at this retreat was a challenge and that quite frankly, getting on my damn nerves, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the truth. You know, the conversation was necessary. The lesson was necessary. And I was able to hold space for him, mm. even if I didn't agree with him. And it's like, why can't I do the same with my dad? You know, the man that pretty much made me. Yeah. So I'm going to leave it there. I know that you mentioned that, you know, these black men have the space. And I just love that you know, where our generation is now, we are trying to provide that space. And we are trying to show these men that you can get help. You know, we're, we're here to listen to you. This burden doesn't always have to fall on you. You don't have to be so tough. You don't have to be so guarded. And I'm just, I really hope, I really hope that the men out there that are running through these women and doing that as a way to not face their problems, I really hope that they seek help. And I hope that they they have people in place that make it okay and make it acceptable for them to want to speak uh, seek help. And again, may this podcast, you know, always be a breadcrumb to somebody out there. If you know someone who's like, yes, aha, I know a dad who could use this. Send it to them with yeah. love and gentleness. Send this podcast, right? And say, hey, I think you might benefit from this. You know, let them kind of figure it out from there. Mm -hmm. But absolutely, I do feel like there's a lot of healing work that needs to be done within our community um, when it comes to these these fatherless men. Or mm -hmm. and I'm matter of fact, I'm gonna keep that in there. Fatherless men. How many of these fatherless daughters have fatherless men? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Or abusive fathers, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, do we know their story? Do we, we know? We don't. So I mean, the next question we had here, I'm going to skip it. If you want to answer it, you're welcome to. Um, I will answer it. I feel okay. like, well. Answer it. I, feel, gut set I mean, I feel like it's the same as the next one, but I'll answer it. So the question was, how have your relationships suffered from having an absent father? And I will say that I felt as though my worth was in sex. I felt as though, you know this is hard to say, <laughs> but I truly felt there were, there were times where I was like, you know, like, well, if I just do this, this person will like me more. And, you know, they, they seem very interested in me. So this is the least I can do. And it's like, there were times that I was intimate with some of my partners or situations that I had and I wasn't in it. I didn't, I didn't feel like I was an active participant because I wasn't in it. It wasn't something that I wanted to do. It was something I felt like I had to do. Mm. And I saw that a lot growing up. Like mm. I saw my mother doing things that I shouldn't have witnessed. And for the sake of a man, which was my father, um, I always, I was attracting the wrong men. And I remember, you know, just a little bit ago, you were saying that you were looking for your father and these people. I felt like, Though in my head, I was like, I never want to date someone like this. I never want to date someone that's like this. 
in a way I was, in a way I was looking for people that reminded me of my brothers in a way I did find people that reminded me of my father. Um, I wasn't standing firm on my standards. I had expectations for myself and I completely let them go when I felt I was close to being in a relationship with someone or I was now in a relationship. So I didn't want it to end. So these are the things that I had to let go of. Um, I wasn't trusting and I felt like I wasn't worthy of love. And like I said earlier, I had this idea that men are not shit and they will literally suck the life out of you and move on to the next. The sex part, I definitely want to talk about, uh, but I'll answer that in the next question. So it says, what are some behaviors that you developed that you believe is a direct result of the relationship with your father? Mm, low expectations of men. Literally everything I just said, but low right. expectations <laughs> of men. <laughs> um, I had, but on top of that, I had, I have still, and I'm working through it, but I have insecure insecurities with image, like not wanting people to look at me, not wanting people to touch me. It's really hard because my my partner, his love language is touch. His his love language is showering me in affection. And I can't always accept it. And it's just a trigger for me sometimes where I'm like, ah, you know, like just don't touch me. Don't, don't, I don't want it. Um and even when he's trying to compliment me, sometimes I'm like, I'm tearing myself down and I'm, I, you know, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but I'm really trying to, I'm doing my best to step out of that, but it's hard. It's, I felt like because of what I experienced, I never wanted to be attractive. I felt like if I was unattractive, that meant that no one could touch me. No one would want to be with me unless I wanted them to be with me. Um, and again, sex being the forefront forefront of my relationships. Mm. Um, what about you? I did some research on this really quickly, and mm-hmm. I found this syndrome. It's actually called fatherless daughter syndrome. And they claim, or they state the definition, is an emotional disorder that stems from issues with trust, lack of self-esteem, that leads to a cycle of repeated dysfunctional decision-making in relationships with men. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes. Now, for some reason, research on this topic seemed very biased. Mm. I was like, did men write this shit? Like, what's going <laughs> on here? So I didn't really want to include a lot of um, information, like statistics, because it was just skewed a little bit. I didn't see any control groups there. But that's 100% me. I had a lack of self-esteem. I feel like I made repeated dysfunctional decisions with mm-hmm. my relationships with men. Um, everything that you mentioned. And then some, I had a relationship that I completely allowed a man to abuse me emotionally, physically, um, sexually. Just, it was terrible. And from this, I know that I developed an eating disorder. And I had serious anger issues. Like... I was so upset with my dad just for um, things that I felt he could have did differently. Like the last time he went to a prison, he's free now. But the last time he went to prison, I was probably like 12 or 13 and I was spending the summer with him. But a lot of that time was spent with my grandmother, his mom, because he was still doing his thing. 
running out in the streets, just living his life. And all his kids were there, but it was kind of like we weren't really the number one mm. priority. It's like, well, you you have your, your cousins, you have your brothers, and you have your grandmother. So, like, what's the need for me to really make an effort to, like, spend all this time with you? Mm-hmm. I'm still going to go out. I'm going to still party. I'm going to still do me. And it was kind of like I wanted him so badly to just choose us, right? Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know what he was going through in, in this time period of his life. This is just me, my my idea of what my dad was doing. And um, he ended up getting locked up that summer we were there. And I just remember, you know, the day we got the phone call that he wouldn't be coming back home, we just all kind of broke down in tears. And mm-hmm. I could see a look around the room that everyone was just tired. Yeah. Like, how many times do we have to go through this? Mm-hmm. Like before you just choose us, you know, and it was this quiet silence and just a sadness. And we all kind of thought he would come home. And that ended up turning into like 12, 13 years. I don't remember how long he was in jail for, but it was a long time. And I just shut down that moment. I was like, that's it. That's the last time that I trust that you're going to do your damn job as a dad. Yeah. And anger brewed like a fucking hot cup of tea <laughs> and seriously it brewed up and like that shit changed my life from yeah. that point forward how i operated at school before i was working on myself i've probably been in like 18 fights in my entire life <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm not saying that to be proud like it's actually i cringe at the thought that like I physically have put my hands on people 18 times. I'm not a saint. I'm not a nun, right? I I am flawed deeply. And um, yeah, man, I have been beat up and I have beat some people up. And a lot of that was a direct result of my anger from my dad, yeah, my abandonment issues. And yeah. it's traumatizing. So that's what I'll say to that. But yeah. I am done there. <laughs> I mean, it, that's how it shows up. And you were right about that. Um, another thing I didn't mention, but you did mention, I, and I can agree with, is that codependency, that negative detachment style. But either way, um, how do you connect with men, romantic and platonic, now as an adult woman? Okay, so I really thought about that. And like, I didn't realize that I did this until you asked this question. I put people in categories and it sounds crazy, but like I see men in, in one of two platforms. Mm-hmm. Are you an active participant in society? Like, are you present as a father? Are you a great partner? Do you have an overall like healthy relationship with society in general? Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like men that I can put in that category just off the rip. I'm more patient with them. I'm Mm. more inquisitive. I want to know more. I ask more questions. I give more grace. Um, I just, I just have a a different understanding. Mm -hmm. Then I have the second category of men that I perceive as like stagnant, struggling, um, Mm. not really an active member of the community. And I automatically flight or flight. Okay. And I'm like, just like I said at the retreat, I saw him. I categorized him and I was like, wall up. Mm-hmm. I have no attention for you. Mm-hmm. I have no time for you. I have, n- I just, I can't. Um, but when men are in that space and I feel like they consistently choose and repeat the same cycles, I am learning that they also deserve love too. They also deserve my patience and my grace 
too. And it's not up for me to decide who and when I give that out. Whether I disagree with their lifestyle or not, why can't I love them where they're at? Mm-hmm. And not necessarily saying like, I love the decisions that you're making, but love them as a human on this experience, right? Fuck me up. What about you? <laughs> I mean, just hearing you say that, I'm like, I kind of do the same thing, but it's all right. These men, I can fuck with you. Y'all over here are a lost cause and I have no time for you. And just, <laughs> so you saying that I'm like, oh shit. And I don't, I don't, I have not been giving them grace, but I feel like in my head, I'm like, I can already read you. I know what you're about. Don't have time for it. Goodbye. And I have done that romantically and platonically. Um, But for my platonic friendships, besides this certain set of men, like if you were, if you were able to hide your ancientness um, and not necessarily hide it, but if you weren't on that level, I'd be like, okay, I can, I can fuck with you. Like we could be friends. I used to think the shit was funny and I could connect with them because I act just like them sometimes, just mm-hmm. like my masculine self. Um, but now it's it's a little bit different. Um, I feel like now with my friends, like if you're still on that same shit, I'm slowly but surely trying to move you over to this category, mm-hmm. especially if you're not trying to learn. Like I feel like now in my male friendships, I want to talk to you more. I want to talk about, you know, are you getting help for yourself? Like, you know, are have you like really got in touch with, you know, who you are as a person? Um, are you still on that same shit that you were on 10, 12 years ago? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to make the necessary steps to change? And I, I just feel like I'm in a space now where I don't want surface level friendships. Like I want to get deep with you. I want to talk about your goals. I want to talk about, how you're going to be a better man for, you know, yourself, yourself first. But, you know, if you plan on having a family, how are you going to, how are you going to show up for your kids? How are you going to show up for your wife? Are you going to be doing the same shit? Are you out here having kids and still cheating on your fucking baby mom? Like, I don't want those type of friends. I feel like when you welcome that negative energy into your space, like slowly but surely you become part of that. And I don't want anything to do with that. So I I feel like I am, how I connect with them now is either we're going to connect or we're going to disconnect. Yeah. So. Yeah. And. Either either we do or we don't. Either we do or we don't. So And that sounds like it's definitely, that's Mm self-care, right? And I completely respect, and even though I I feel like ours defer a little bit Mm because I'm like, okay, you still deserve love. Like I still have to hold space for you, but that's my journey, right? For you, it could be, mm, like you said, it's either you are or you aren't. And I have to protect me at the end of the day. And I think both ideas are perfect because they're for our own safety, right? Yeah. I think with me, it's because I've been the person who, I've been an enabler and I've been understanding like to the point where I'm too understanding. So it's Uh, like, mm -hmm. at this point, it's like, I have no more room to understand you. I have no more grace for you. At some point you have to learn. And if you ain't going to learn, like, I'm not going to teach you anymore. I'm not going to give you any more of my time because I feel like 
you don't want to change. So no, I know. see now. I see, like you, you just see it. I see the connection because for you, it was like I've already done this. Yes. For me, it was like I never have. Yes. Yeah. I've been like, fuck you, bitch. I don't <laughs> have time for you. Like I said, anger. Okay, problem, mm-hmm. serious. And now I'm at a space where I'm like, I got to heal that shit. And for you, it's like, I got to heal that shit. Mm-hmm. I need to cut this shit off. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I need to open this shit up, you know? <laughs> so two different experiences, but yeah. we're right on the same timeline. Right. So when I cut them off, I'll send them over to you and you tell me okay. if you still have right. space for them. <laughs> Let me refer you over to my friend. She has the space for this. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I love that. See, this is why we work. Yes. We, just, we have a nice balance and rhythm. But next question. <laughs> and I don't know, because you said there were some questions here that you're like, I'm struggling with this. So I feel like this might be one of them, but we'll see. Yeah. How could you have shown up for your father more? So this is why I struggled with it, because when I was 12 or 13, that's the last time I saw my father. It wasn't the last time I spoke to him. I didn't speak to him again until I was about... 16. And then I spoke to him again. Like we actually, and I I actually forgot about this until talking about it right now, but there was a disconnect. Um, I spoke to him again at 16 where I just let him know how I felt and all the things that I witnessed and all things that happened. And there was another disconnect. I don't know if he went back to jail, but when I was 24, he got back in touch with me and we were actually starting to build a relationship. I was talking to him every day. Mm. And um, it's it's crazy. I literally like, I don't know how, but I just blocked all of that out. But I actually spoke to him again and we were getting to a point where we were being honest and talking more. And, you know, it, it just seemed like he was doing so, so well for himself And then I just remember getting a phone call and it was someone on the phone saying, oh, I need you to talk to your, I don't know who this person was. I need you to talk to your father. And my father was clearly high. And Mm -hmm. after that, I was just so angry and I hadn't spoke to him. Um, I think I did. I think I tried. I think I tried. But then shortly after my aunt called me because I had just, once I got connected with him, I got back connected with my aunt, my cousin that you know. Um, and then shortly after, I remember she called me and told me that he had OD'd. Oh, man. So, and then maybe a little bit after that, I like went on Facebook and I saw that he tried to message me to apologize. And I felt like when I was younger, I never said anything. And you know, you would mistreat my mother and then be so loving towards me that I just accepted it. That I just like completely just forgot everything that you did and how I could have shown up for my father at that age when we had that reconnect was I should have held him accountable. Mm. I really, I wish, I wish I would have held him accountable because he, he apologized for the things that affected me but he didn't apologize for the things that affected my mother and I felt like when he left when I last saw him when I last physically saw him that's when shit went downhill for my mother mm-hmm. so just as you know she you know she was responsible for what happened he was responsible too 
And I mm-hmm. felt like I didn't, I didn't hold him accountable for where my mother was at that stage in my life. And I wish I did. And to be honest with you, I mean, I'm, I know we have another, <laughs> we have another question. So I'll actually talk about it then. So never mind. But I wish I would have held him accountable. And I wish I would have inquired more about his life. Mm. Mm. What about you? That is absolutely beautiful. And oh, again, opposite ends, same kind of timeline. I held my father too damn accountable. <laughs> I was I was a damn nail in that man's foot. I know it for a fact. And like I <laughs> I'm serious. I let my anger skew my overall thought process and I would do some terrible things. I have said some horrible toe up shit about my dad. And like, I wasn't afraid. I was do shit. Like, for example, I would send him fucked up messages on father's day. Like, and I would say shit like you better not be kicking your feet up and relaxing. Like I would, (laughs) you will get no rest. (laughs) I would do I would do stuff I would mm-hmm. do stuff like that because I was so upset with him mm-hmm. that I would like remind him in every opportunity and chance like you ain't shit mm-hmm. and looking back at that now like damn you know like I couldn't imagine what he was feeling like getting a damn DM from me on Father's Day like he didn't probably try to open up his chocolates and enjoy his flowers and homemade <laughs> breakfast and here I go. You know, <laughs> and like I'm taking full on accountability for this. Like I would be, I would be so mean to him, and I would say the worst possible things, things that I'm like, I have to even forgive myself for saying. And then now, as an adult, you know, I feel like I could have inquired more, like mm-hmm. you said about his life and his experiences and childhood that may have affected him, um, and just seek to understand like where he was suffering in his life yeah. because. I know what my dad came from and instead of like giving him that love and understanding, I just, I just dug at him like a, a gut in the fish yeah. almost. Right. Um, and I should have met him in his space. Um, and when I say that, how many times do we force people into our perception, our perspective? Yeah. Like, do mm-hmm. we meet people where they are in their space? Like, that's where a lot of work could be done. If I could meet you where you're at versus forcing you to come over here. Because um, his way of life is his way of life. And it may not be my life or my philosophy. However, it's his choice. And I need to respect his choice. But do you think that would have been enough? Like, if your father, and I don't know, you can correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. But if your father isn't trying to make amends for the things that, the pain that he's caused you. Do you think it would have been enough to just be like, all right, I, I'll just meet you where you're at, or I'll just try to understand you? Oh, you know, it's we're getting into woo woo stuff because I'm I'm not even gonna say woo woo stuff. Like this is really like my life and how I feel about shit. A hundred percent, I completely understand where you're coming from, but a little part of me in my gut really feels like I chose my mom and dad for a purpose. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that purpose was, right? I don't know why I landed here on this planet and with them as my parents. But if I chose them and I have the perspective that I have now, the information that I have now, maybe it was also kind of a way to say, hey, I'm here to like shake the room and wake some things up, 
maybe Mm -hmm. in some cycles and hell yeah. Like as a dad, you are, as a parent, it's your responsibility to make amends with your child, to be the wisdom keepers. But looking at it from an outside perspective, not my mom and my dad being me and a daughter, how many times do people just not have the the answers Mm -hmm. or the guidance, right? Maybe I have a little bit more guidance than my dad and my mom have in certain areas. And like, am I supposed to fault them for not knowing you know, like, I hope this makes sense. And I'm not trying to sound like, oh, yeah, if you have a shitty fucking parent, it's your job to correct their issues. Fuck that. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm speaking mm-hmm. from me. Does this make sense? Yeah. I do feel like I'm a little bit more emotionally stable. I'm a little bit more emotionally intelligent. I'm a little bit more aware. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more involved in the healing facility in the space. So that's my gift to the world, right? Maybe his gift is the power of, you know, I don't know. I I really don't know my dad well enough to say what his gifts are, but I feel like he has his own gifts where he can heal through those modalities. Mm -hmm. But this is something I feel like I can heal through. So I have to be able to say I was blessed enough to have a little bit more emotional intelligence in this area. And I have to be kinder to people who are not on my level because mm-hmm. does that make sense? And that's kind of elitist. But just because you're my fucking parent, I can't expect you to always make the right choices. It's not fair to you. Right. Right. And it's like, I shouldn't be holding back my gifts simply because you're a fucking parent. No, let me show you how to be the dad that I need you to be. By being kind and loving and giving and whatever, whatever it is that you're missing in your life. And you know what? Sometimes that might fuck somebody up more than you being like, well, you should have, you could have, you, you, you need like, no, let me love you so much that you're like, where am I not giving love in my life? And I'm not trying to be, uh, I'm not trying to manipulate the situation. This is honest. I struggle with that. And I fought tooth and nail about it, about like, you're the parent, you're the parent. And I've told him, you're the parent. You should, you should have. Like I said, I was a f- nailing this man's foot, a Lego on his heel, <laughs> if you would, right? A thorn in his ass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Lego. Yes. I thought yes. like they made those Legos specifically to remind parents that you're a pain in these children's ass every mm-hmm. day. Because that's all they do is cause nothing but pain for <laughs> fucking adults. But. Seriously, like I do feel a, a, a little bit of my purpose on this earth is to heal my mom and my father yeah. from this repetitive cycle of whatever they've gone through. Yeah. Yeah. I can, woof, man. You saying that it, it makes me sad that I don't have my parents here to be that for them. Mm-hmm. Because, and I know we are really about to get into that. But (laughs) we are, we're really about to get into that, but it's, you just have these expectations of your parents. Like you're my parent. You should know, Mm -hmm. but they're kids themselves. Like your, your mother was 20 when she had you think about you, think about you now you're 29 now raising a damn nine-year-old, 10-year-old, eight-year-old, like like not not that they just came to you at eight at 20 you were raising them you know and i would have fucked their life up right because you don't because you're learning you're still you you're yeah you're barely getting into a space where you know you're still figuring it out 
Your 20s are for you to figure out, for you to make these mistakes. But you have a child here watching your every mistake. Mm. Being this little impressionable child, like, we have to give them grace. We, yes. have, we have to tell them that I'm, I get it. I understand now. I understand mm-hmm. that maybe you didn't have the best life growing up. And you're just trying to, you maybe this wasn't a plan. Me being here, you being here wasn't the plan. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. are just part of the process. Mm-hmm. So, oh God. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, when I look at it from that perspective of like me at 20 years old, I was still putting my hands on folks. <laughs> um, I was, you know this. I think I met you like, I think I was like 21 when we met. And Ooh. I was still putting my hands on folks around that time. Like, mm-hmm. I would have had a little two-year-old, a little one-year-old, and I'm acting uh, acting a fool, still out at the club, still drinking, still mm-hmm. not giving a fuck about my life to here I am today. And unfortunately, or fortunately, we didn't have a podcast out this time. So that shit is not second time where you yeah. guys go back and listen to like who I was. Mm-hmm. But I'm not above no bullshit. I was, I have my piece of shit moments too. Mm-hmm. And I love every part of them. Because they taught me exactly what I needed to know. Right. But I'm not going to sit up here and play games and pretend like I would have been the best parent. I would have been a fucking awful parent. And that is why I chose not to have children. Right. Because I knew that early on that these people are their own fucking people. Right. Show up and be the best parent that you can be before you have kids. But I am grateful to my mom and my dad for going through with the pregnancy because they could have said no. Mm-hmm. we're going to terminate this. You're not going to be here. You're not going to be able to, you know, do your work because we're not ready to have you. So I give them credit for even being brave enough to say, we will do this right. and we'll do it with the tools that we have available. And it may not be perfect, but shit, we're going to make it work. Right. Right. <laughs> and that's what they were doing. Making this shit work. <laughs> They're making it work. You know, I think about like my, I don't need, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but like, you know, I went to, I mean, I did mention it, but I don't know if I mentioned their age. I went to go live with my brother and his family on military base. He is 10 years older than me. Hmm. He was 25. Sill, I think, is, she was 22, 23, or 24. I don't know. Between 22 and 25. Raising a fucking 15-year-old? Mm-hmm. When they're just starting to be parents, they have a baby. You got a baby and you got a teenager that you're trying to raise. And this teenager done, done seen some shit. Right. Just went through a whole fucking life is battling depression. And you got to raise that child when you're still a child. Mm-hmm. I, oh my God. I just, I give them so much grace now. At the time, I did not understand. Right. But when and I get 25, <laughs> Shalika at 25, raising a 15 year old. No. Ridiculous. We had some problems. Problems. They would have snatched the <laughs> child up so bad. They're like, give me this person back. You don't know what the hell you're doing. But they did their best. They and, did their best. And I, I think because of that, because of what we have seen, Bree, because of because of who we are and the work that we're putting in for ourselves, if you decide to have a child, if I decide to have a child, I think we're gonna be some really awesome parents. No, it's hard to say. I know it's hard to hear that, but I really do. I feel like we're constantly doing the work and we weren't just going to have a kid just for the sake of having a kid. Yeah. And we know that we don't want to fuck them up. And not that we're gonna not ever mess up. Right. 
but we have the tools to come back and I'm going to apologize. I'm going to talk mm. to you about this. I'm not going to shelter you from certain things. Mm. Like, uh. okay, universe. No, because seriously, I've been, uh, you're right on point. I've just like, this is the medicine still working. I'm only one week out of my journey and <laughs> everything that I was like thinking about is popping up, right? Showing mm. up. And I was thinking, I was like, you know, I've been hell bent on not wanting kids hell bent on not wanting to do this thing but then in the journey someone was just talking about the magic of like being a mom and like Mm. how were these portals right how were these portals to the universe for like souls to pass through and come here and how magical that shit is and it, it fucking is beautiful right and also just like seeing the work that I could do with a kid and like having this like deep bond and connection and like it's beautiful and moms are fucking magical if you have kids I like woo Mm -hmm. I'm so terrified and you're so brave to like do that right I want a little piece of that but a part of me is just like am I ready to do that and I want to ask you this though I want to ask you this though and not even ask you but tell you this you're saying am I ready as if it would only be you. You have a loving, supportive partner. Mm-hmm. We think about that because all we know is women raising kids. All we know is our mother raising us and making the shit happen. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be just us. Right. Right. Oh, yes. Because I do think about him being a dad. And I'm like, you would be a fucking great father, you know? And, you know, candid, I'm going to be honest about my life because this was this podcast is for two years ago that came up for us you know I was in that space where I was like okay we're pregnant what do we do and the pandemic was just starting and I was like freaking out and I was just like I don't think I'm ready yet you know we got to pack up we got to get this we got to do all this we have to do all these things before we could be these perfect parents can we do it in nine months can we do it in nine months and like I set on that. I set on this, set on it. And we determined, I determined, I'll say, I said, Hey, this is probably not the time, right? This is probably not the time for us. And we went through with, you know, ending that pregnancy. And I think about that. I think that sparked something in my life where I was like, and you know what? I will say this. You could hate me for saying this, but as a woman, that's my choice and I'm going to own it. And if you disagree with me, you have every right. But I had to do what was right for me because I ended up losing my sister four months after that. So imagine what that pregnancy would have looked like for me. Mm. Grieving the loss of my sister while also creating a life. And the only thing that my sister ever asked me for was to become an auntie. So I would have thought about that over and over and over again. Like I'm having this baby and she's not going to be here. It was the right thing that I needed to do for myself. Now that I've healed through all this, now that I've grown and I can see things in a different way, maybe I can revisit this conversation with the idea of we could plan for a child now. Maybe. This is something that I've never said before, ever. So even the fact that I'm having this conversation with you, you know, it's it's growth. Um, also, I'm very nervous about sharing that experience. But yeah, me and my partner have been together for, at that point, we were together for eight and a half years. And we never had a slip up. And we did. And unfortunately, it wasn't the time. But who's to say that the time will never come again? Right. It might. So 
I don't know. Thank you for letting me share that. Did not expect that at all. <laughs> of course. I mean, thank you for being brave enough to express that. And I know that message was for someone. I know mm. someone is going to be able to relate to that. Yeah. If you're going to hate me for this, I don't need to know about it. <laughs> hate me in silence. Okay. I already, I've already suffered enough. And that's another thing I want to say since we're on the topic about women and their choice and pro-life or whatever. You don't know anyone else's life experience. So if that works for you, if having a baby at any time works for you, awesome. Mm -hmm. But some people don't have that experience or perception. And it's not your business to get involved, right? This is very private and very personal that I'm sharing with you guys. And since it's out there in the ether, I'll take whatever comes to me. But just know I'm still firm on my decision. So don't be trying to debate me in my damn (laughs) DMs because I'm gonna just be like, anyways. But moving back on, <laughs> next <give> caller. <laughs> next caller. <laughs> that's what I said. Is that what I said? Okay. Um, given the opportunity, would you reparent your father? If so, why? And if not, why not? I think I would. So what I this is what I was gonna mention earlier when I was talking about him and come him coming back into my life. Um, I don't know if it was earlier this year or late last year. I actually had this conversation with my aunt and she was just telling me so much about him that I didn't know. Like I didn't know he had a rough life. I didn't know he he came from a broken home. He created a broken home, you know, like that that was the reason. But I didn't know that at a certain point. My aunt said he went to juvie and from there never stayed out of jail for more than two years. Mm -hmm. And that has to do something to you. Like from a kid to an adult, I think my father was in his fifties when he passed. So Mm -hmm. a kid young to your fifties and you never stay out of jail for more than two years. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I would. And and this is no shade against my grandmother, but that grandmother on that side is not the easiest. Yeah. Not the easiest person. And would I reparent him? Yes, I would. I would reparent him. I would reparent my mother because mm. these people, they didn't get a fair chance and they were just so loving. Like when I think about them, they were literally the light to a lot of people's darkness. They could make friends. They could, they would give you their last. And that's, I think that's why they connected. I remember one time um, we were in the car and there was a homeless man. My father literally got out the car, gave that man his shoes. Mm. And it's not that he wanted anything in return, mm-hmm. but that's just the type of person that he was. So can you imagine these very kind spirits just in a not, loving home? In a loving home. In a loving home, someone that cares about them, someone that listens to them, someone that just gives them some sort of love and in some sort of encouragement and acknowledgement, and they did not have that. They were very much built on survival. And Ooh. I and I really, I really hate that for my parents. And mm. and it was just it's just hard that. Their last days were spent trying to escape from that reality. Yeah. But what about you? Mm. Same. I definitely would reparent my dad. Um, I would love to know, like, what he would be like in a space that was a little bit more stable for him. 
Um, I don't know a lot, but what I do know, I know his life was very difficult. Mm -hmm. I know his relationship with his father wasn't the best and he saw some things that he probably didn't need to see. And I would love to have be, I would love to be a a role model for like what a loving home and relationship looks like. Um, also give him the opportunity to live in abundance. I'm not rich, but like we are never hungry. We are never without here. And I would never, ever allow a child to not have the necessities and more, you know, like food and money, clothing, like you would never, I would never want my child to ever not have, right? So being able to give him that opportunity to just have a breather, also just encouragement to be creative. I feel like if my father had the space to like tap into gifts, he is very, what I do know about my dad. He's absolutely great with like arts and just like his penmanship is gorgeous. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, there's just something there, something creative that I feel like I would have tapped into. I would have picked up on it as a kid and um, encouraged him to follow his dreams and then showing him how to be fearless outside of people's perspectives. So what? Mm -hmm. So what? That's their perception of you in their world. That's not your fucking world. They could think about. Who cares? Who gives yeah. a fuck? You know, being able to just walk with that kind of confidence um, and just tons of affection, lots of love, you know, and just um, endless just kisses and hugs. Maybe his life could have been different. Maybe. So I would take that challenge for sure. <laughs> I, I think so. I think um, there's so many people out there right now that are just lost and they've been lost for a very, very long time. And it just... I am just sorry that they just didn't end up with the right family. Yeah. Or reframing that too. They ended up with the right kid. Yeah. Maybe. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there wasn't the right family, but maybe you were the right daughter for them. Mm-hmm. You never know what lessons you probably taught your parents along the way. Yeah. And unfortunately, um, you know, your mom or dad isn't here to confirm but I know you, Shay. I know that there was something you touched on that probably healed something for them. I would like to think so. I think so. I would I would be confident in that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. Okay. Mm. So I want to ask you then, if your dad was listening to this episode, what is something that you would want him to know? I would say, you know, uh, I definitely wish things, you know, could have been different. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this. An apology for me is necessary. Yes. I'm not trying to be petty, but I have my boundaries too, right? I need a real, honest, earnest apology right. from the gut. I'm not saying it has to be, you know, long and drawn out, but just like meaningful. Yeah. Because a little part of me needs that apology in order to really be able to show up for you the way that I want to. And I'm not going to stray away from that um, because I am going to put a little bit of accountability on you in Mm -hmm. that form. If I could say, Hey, I did some things wrong. I should have been a better daughter. Then you should absolutely as a father be able to say, I should have showed up more for you in X amount of ways. And I apologize. So I am definitely waiting on an apology. Um, I would say that, you know, it's okay to fight for, relationships right not every relationship is worth fighting for but the ones that you create the life that you bring in I don't think you should ever give up 
on on those. I feel like as a parent, you made the conscious decision to be a parent. You should be a parent until the day that you die, right? Mm -hmm. If your child is, not to toot my own horn, but like me, because I'm deserving of that. And I'm not going to stray away from what I feel deserving of. I do feel like I'm deserving of a father who wants to fight for me. Um, Even through my anger, you know, and just wanting him to see my anger as maybe a measure of love and not necessarily a measure of hate. Like I was so upset with you because I wanted so badly to have you in my life. And that was just my childhood way of expressing that without the tools and knowledge. I didn't have the tools and knowledge then, but I do now. Um, And then also to say, like I've worked, through some things, you know, I've done the work and I'm open to a relationship. There's still hope. It's not completely closed off. You know, if you want to put your boots on and you want to step out and fight for it, it's yours to have. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening, I would say, you know, don't give up. Uh, The door is open. And that's that. What about you? I love that. I love that. I know. I know that was a lot. Like, (laughs) listen, the Brie that the last time we talked about your father to now, you are you are much more open to the idea of having him in your life. And I love to hear that. And I oh, yeah. truly hope that you all can build on that. I hope that he receives that message. I hope he received this entire message throughout the podcast and um, does not take it as a personal attack, but as a calling out that I need my father and I want yeah. you here. So I love yeah. that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you see that because it was hard. I mean, I'm not going to say the things that I said because I don't want to, like I said, keep them in stone. But I've said some shit to you about my dad that was difficult to probably receive. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure like it's a complete 360. Well, 180 Mm -hmm. because we're not at the same spot. But um, yeah, that's a lot of healing work that I had to do. And it was tremendous. Mm -hmm. So which is why I'm still rooted in like, I'm not not going to hold you accountable. I'm going to do it with love and gentleness and kindness. I absolutely still need you to do the work. However, after that work is done on your end, the door is open. Right. Right. So but I would love to hear what you would have to say. Um, so mine is pretty similar. Um, I would want to hold him accountable. I want him, but I would want him to hold himself accountable. I want you to apologize to my mother. I want you to apologize to my brothers, to my family, but I want you to apologize to me for a number of things that have happened Mm -hmm. and not just apologize to me, but apologize to your family for the number of things that happened to me that they don't know about. Um, And that in my heart, I have already forgiven you for these things. But if you were here, I would also want you to know that I still give you grace. Because after that conversation with my aunt, and even when we were, you know, when you were alive and we were trying to build on our relationship, I did see it going in a positive direction. Um, But after that conversation with my aunt, I understood you a little bit better. But with that said, um, if you were listening to that, I just wish you the best. And I'm sorry that your last days, again, were spent trying to escape from this reality. And I'm sorry that you did not have the tools that you needed to succeed. Mm. And I hope that message translates over to the next realm, you know, for him. 
maybe um help his soul evolve Mm -hmm. right so Mm -hmm. sending that to the ether please receive open your email on the ether (laughs) have a message you got mail no (laughs) No, seriously i do i truly believe like spirits can still receive messages however i don't know how that translates over there but like do not be afraid to talk Mm -hmm. to your ancestors to your spirits because you never know you never know how it's being translated over there on the other side. Um, did you have anything else to add to that? Nope. That is everything. Okay. So coming to our closing questions, right? Mm-hmm. Let's get into these mamas real quick. So okay. do mothers have a responsibility or do they play a role in shaping their daughter's outlook on men? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a responsibility to get therapy get all of the help that you need before you bring a life into this world. You have to pick better fathers. You have to leave, leave men who mistreat you and abuse you and abuse them. You have to leave these men because if you're going to stay, you are already setting the tone of expectations for the people that are watching you. And that could be your daughter or, or your son. Mm. Um, also, like I said, just getting therapy, um, working through some of these issues and really knowing yourself before you decide to bring another life into this world and knowing yourself when you're dating, be intentional when you're dating. Yes. So, yeah, I I agree. I definitely feel like women have a responsibility uh, to do some inner work, Mm -hmm. you know, before we are moms, like, I agree with that a hundred percent. And I don't think there's anything wrong in someone saying, Hey, you know what? I needed to me, for example, I needed some stuff that I had to work on before I was able to step into that space of giving myself to a child. Cause that's what you're essentially doing. Mm -hmm. They deserve you and your full attention. Right. And then the intention with the dating. Yes. I have nothing else to add to that. You said it perfectly. Okay. So I just have one final question for you now. Do you have okay. any positive male figures in your life now? Um, you know what? Yes, I do. I have some amazing um I have some amazing male figures in my life. Shout out to Let me just give them a fucking moment. Mm-hmm. One, my grandfather, you know, and this is not to take away from any experience that my aunties had with him cuz I don't know their lives. Um but how he showed up for me, awesome, amazing father figure, literally will walk me down the aisle um, when I get married. I cannot wait to be like, hey, can you do this for me? <laughs> um, for real, that's like something I must have him do. And then I have a great stepfather. You know, our fr- our friend, our relationship is definitely growing into a beautiful space. Oh, I love um, to hear that. Yeah, we he got with my mom when I was like 16. So I was very angry. I was just very like difficult. And um, we didn't really have a relationship. Like I wasn't open to it. But now mm-hmm. as an adult, like we talk all the time. That's and cool. yeah, we're good. We're great. And then um, I was blessed to have a partner that has a great relationship with his father. Mm-hmm. And that's like my father-in-law is my dad too. You know, like. I look up to him just as much as he looks up to him. Right. So I have some beautiful male figures. What about you? 
I can say the same. Um, a lot of them are fathers to my friends, but um, one actually passed away some years ago, but he really set the tone for me. Like he was something that I never saw in a man. And that changed a lot of things for me. Um, also one of my closest friends, her father still to this day, um, we will tease each other, joke around with each other, but he, he is a great man. And I love that he has fathered me, even though he is not my biological father. Mm. Um, and then I also have, I have one particular brother that, you know, our relationship has been building these last few years and he's just a great example of a great man. And I love him. And I love that we have such a strong relationship. Now I talk to him all the time and you know, now that he has his own child, I just love that our relationship is getting stronger. So mm. I do. I have these great men in my life. And then also my boyfriend is such a great man. So that's new. Yes, that's, that's, <laughs> he's he's mm, he is the definition. So he is the standard. You know what? Yeah. And I mean, this could be taboo, but like I I'm open to my de- my boyfriend reparenting me in some aspects like yeah he does a great job of that like he has healed so much of my fatherhood trauma Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and like we don't give them the credit but like even though my boyfriend is not my dad but like he really works on those wounds yeah and like really gives me like the hope and healing where i could be able to do the work that i'm doing now right so yeah he's a positive male figure what the fuck shout out to him giving (laughs) him flowers Thank you for that, Jay, for real. Yes. So I know I'm that my man, my man, my man, but I will, I will my man y'all to death because he is, he is a great man. So. Okay. No. And last question, because I, I see we have one more. Oh, do we? Because let's, let's leave on a positive note too about what women can do to heal from this. Okay. What are you, what's your, what's your answer? Um, just what I was saying earlier, um, healing that inner child, seeking therapy, being intentional when you're dating, you know, being intentional. Like I get it. Like we're all out here trying to do our thing, but when it comes down to it, you know, you got to know what you want. And when you're ready, go for that. Don't settle. Do not, do not settle for anyone that does not see your worth and don't back down on your standards. Like if that's, if that's what you want in a man and you got to have this checklist, make sure that he meets all of these requirements and just make sure that he is a great man. When you're thinking, and if this is if for my people who actually do want kids, when you look at this man, if you wouldn't want a miniature version of him, and even with men, if you don't want a miniature version of her, you got to go. Like, <laughs> get up out of there really quick. Right. <laughs> but that's what I think women can do. Like, and also, like I said, just being very firm on your standards and knowing yourself knowing what you expect. Don't let anyone, anyone try to talk down to you or talk you out of that. That's mm. it. What about you? I don't know if you read my notes or what, but you literally hit every nail on the head because, well, I didn't put it on. Uh, I'm, oh, I you were like, <laughs> I thought you were like clairvoyant or something. Cause I literally wrote <laughs> therapy, inner child healing. I'm going to recommend inner child healing. Um, the most um just because there's no there's nothing wrong with reparenting yourself being Mm -hmm. the parent that maybe your parent never was to you so that you could work through that trauma 
And then shadow work. Um, I'm a big fan of shadow shadow work. Mm. I am actually working on a shadow work deck for you guys. And inner child healing is a part of that shadow work deck. Um, so yeah, shadow work is just meeting the parts of you that you try to repress and you try to hide, right? Mm. Digging deeper into those parts that you're like, mm, this is not really acceptable to society, and figuring out a way to like make that part a part of you integrate that side of yourself right yeah like it's not it's not two sides to this it's like you're all one so uh, shadow work and then finding support groups and i'm not saying like going to like a therapy group that could work but in your community who around you has had like-minded experiences who around you has healed from these like-minded experiences who can you learn from who can you teach when you learn something it should be taught right that's Mm -hmm. how we heal the collective so not to be all preachy, but that's your ju- your due diligence in your mm-hmm. job. When you learn something and you heal from something, pass that message along, right? So that person can also benefit. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. And like, I honestly hope, you know, you guys learned something. We healed something. We sparked some conversations. Maybe some new relationships formulating with those absent fathers won't be so absent. Mm-hmm. I think this was a beautiful episode. I think so too. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. It's season two, bitches. Like, yeah, this is how we come in. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. No, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we have some really, really, really good stuff in store. Um, before we end, order of business. We want your opinion. I don't know if we received a motherfucking confessional yet. <laughs> on our line but i'm gonna really be <laughs> upset because we have so many listeners but none of y'all are calling or writing us in to the confessional line mm-hmm. right and we need that because we want to hear from you we want you guys to be a part of the show this is a show that we do as a service to you guys right it's your show like me and shay are just on it right but right. it's your show right, right. Um, what do you want us to talk about because this is your show let yes. us touch the Let's do that. And then uh, we have some special surprises. Some guests will be on this season. We'll have our first round of guests. Yes, we'll be getting some video episodes from us and definitely some solo episodes, probably between me and Shay, just so we can touch on who we are and what we want to do for you guys um, outside of our conversations because right. Shay is her own entity and so am I and it's like we want to build that deep connection with you guys outside of our one-on-ones with each other so we need to have our one-on-ones just with the fans and with you guys so I love that we're back in the space we sound great we feel great what do you have to add to that Shay uh honestly I don't have anything to add but just if you are nervous about leaving a confessional, you know you can send this in um, as an anonymous person. We will not reveal your information. Maybe you feel more comfortable sending us an email through your burner account. That's fine, too. Uh, send us a DM, and we will definitely try and help you out on the show. But other than that, thank you all. Thank you all for this wonderful ride for season one. And I hope you enjoy this first episode of season two. We are excited. And I hope you are too. All right. We'll see you guys next Wednesday. Bye.